you're new to the show, my name is Carlos Alvarez, and this is episode number 350. This is a crazy, surreal milestone for the pod, and I am extraordinarily grateful for you, the listener, for making this possible. I'm recording this on the day before Thanksgiving, and also the day before my early morning Thanksgiving 5K turkey trot run. Coming down to 285 pounds from 365 at the beginning of this year has allowed me to barely scrape my way into attempting this 5K. So my goal is to complete it without having to walk, but I will definitely keep you updated. Happy Thanksgiving in any event, since this episode will be released after Turkey Day. So have an absolutely amazing Turkey Day in advance. Happy Thanksgiving um, from, from my family to yours. I intentionally sent the wrong item to 30 Amazon customers, and I, I plan on sharing the results with you um, in this episode. First of all, like I, I, wanna, I wanna hit pause for a second sort of lay the landscape for you so you know um, what I think are some pretty critical details because as I was putting this this podcast together now, you know, trying to leverage AI, ChatGPT to uh, create better titles, I really felt like the titles that it was putting out there was cl- maybe bordering too much or an uncomfortable amount onto the clickbaity side for me. But um, so, so I, w- I want to paint this picture so, so you have a, a really good idea as to what happened here. So this happened almost 13 years ago. So that, that's the big one. Um, a lot has changed in 13 years on Amazon. However, what happened is something that I feel will help you listening to this. And it's something extraordinarily easy. It's a little, it's a little mindset shift. It's the small hinge that swings the big door in your business. You can apply this immediately. And shockingly, your competitors are not doing this. So this will give you a leg up. And that's the kind of stuff I want to share here on the pod. So this was almost 13 years ago. And what happened was, it might've been 14 years ago, but what happened was I was selling these cigar cutters. So this is like early days for me selling online. I'm selling these cigar cutters. Um, I was working as a, I had just stopped actually. I had just stopped working as a cigar salesman and I was like, reselling on eBay, these like scratch and dent cigars, uh, cigar cutters, I'm sorry. And so, so just naturally I had this fascination for cigars. So cigar cutters turned out to be one of my first, um, private labels in those early days. So I was selling this one stainless steel cigar cutter. Then I eventually added this redwood guillotine cigar cutter. And it was very easy. I kept, they all came in a plain black box, by the way, plain black box in a plain brown China box. And I didn't know anything at the time about SKUs and external packaging and, and none of that stuff. So the only way I could tell these things apart if I didn't open the box was that was it. I, the only way I could tell them apart is if I opened the box. So what I did, so I didn't mix them up in the orders is real caveman style. Since I was working out of my house in one room, all of the stainless steel, so like, you know, guillotine cigar cutter stayed. And in the other room was the redwood cigar cutters that I had just added to the line. So it did great. I, I more than doubled my sales. I'm sorry. I more than doubled my profits. The guillotine cutter was the, the hotter seller. Um, but the redwood I could sell for more. So what did I do? I started adding more colors to the cigar line. So I actually have one of these cigar cutters in front of me, which you can't see because we're, uh, we're, we're, we have an audio-based podcast here, but they're, they're these guillotine cigar cutters, but they have wood, and then the wood has this color effect to them. So I got an orange one, a yellow one, a blue one. I started adding all these different colors and creating this variation listing, which was fantastic. Now, 
the first week or so, the first few days, first week that I added these additional colors to the mix, since I didn't have a different room to put these different types of cigar cutters in so I didn't get them mixed, I actually got some of, I mean, it shouldn't be shocking, but I actually got some of this stuff mixed up. So some of the listings that were a redwood cutter I accidentally sent another color and vice versa. So it was a mix. It, It was a total nightmare. And I found this out the same way you're probably thinking and probably shaking your head. No, like, how could you do this? But I discovered this because a customer um, left me a scathing review. It was absolutely devastating review. And it was one of those like multi-paragraph reviews too. Not just, just not just the thing that said wrong color. This person went on, this person's a cigar club owner. They went on to talk about how it ruined their anniversary at the cigar club. They wanted to do a picture, a group picture, and they were all holding the same color cutters. So like I ruined the night. He advised everyone to not buy from me. I got a bad seller review. I got a bad product review. It was just devastating. What caught my attention though, was that this was a cigar club owner as I mean, now, now for me, this wouldn't matter if I knew what job the person had or they're unemployed. But at the time I, I was like, well, you know, I really would love to have a cigar club owner. This would be like my ticket to being super successful. and I'd get all this business. So I went out of my way and I crafted this email to the person. And I was thinking like, what could I say to this person that would just immediately win them over while also taking responsibility for what I did? So that's what happened. So I did. I did that with the person. I, I let them know, hey, look, no need to even send this back. I'm going to personally take this to the post office myself. That's what I was doing anyway, but I was like, you know, communicating as if there was this massive team behind me. Um, but I said, I'd personally take this by myself, make sure he gets it, um, that I lived in Miami. If, you know, if, you know, Miami is like, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you don't know, Miami is like the Mecca for cigars. And I was like, I'll, I'll grab any type of cigar you want. Uh, really got this guy's attention. He, he even did ask for some cigars, uh, and, and I'm just recalling that after hitting record here. And it was like a, it was like a $50 cigar. He wanted one cigar. It was like a $50 cigar. So it wasn't even a cheap cigar. And the cigar cutters sold for like 18 bucks. So I send this person like five cutters to replace the cutters I sent. Lost the five, the cost of the five cutters that I sent them. Plus sent them a $50 cigar. Plus the shipping, which is pretty nominal. I sent all this. The person was blown away. Removed the review. And, you know, I asked the person when I sent the goods, I was like, hey, look, I'm going to follow up with you once you receive this. I want to make sure everything's okay. Um, and I'd love if you could revisit your review. So this was important. Even, even when review manipulation was not even a thing, I didn't just say, remove your review, leave me a five-star review. I asked the person if they could revisit their review and instead leave a review based on the level of customer experience they feel they received at the time of the event. So person was more than happy to do it. If my memory serves me right, they removed their review before they even, that negative scathing review, they removed it before they even received the stuff. So the person was so blown away by the customer experience at that point that, that he had just removed it. Now, so now, now you have the scene as to what happened. So this person receives the stuff. The person personally will like reach out to me all the time and just refer me countless buyers from Cigar Club, anyone that would come into a store to buy directly from me on Amazon. So this translated into like an incalculable amount of sales. Um, and this person reached out every single time or if somebody else bought, that person was so, you know, I guess so close to the club that they wanted to make sure that I knew their name so that I would kind of go back and tell the club owner, hey, you know, Fulano bought. And 
And we did that for a long time. And I can't remember what happened with that relationship, but, but it went, it went on great. He winds up introducing me to an influencer. The brand blew up and we eventually exited that brand. So not because of the club owner, but things like that, uh, I would like to say contributed to the exit. So here was the big mindset shift for me. Number one that happened here was that, and I'm going to get into how I sent, why I sent 30 customers, the wrong product. And, and you might already have a hunch, but, but stick with me because I think the results are going to blow you away on this. What, what happened was the every, you know, you're going to get upset customers to reach out to you, Amazon, Shopify, Walmart, doesn't matter. Um, but when these people were upset, um, the big mindset shift I had was instead of just getting pissed off and saying, oh, it's my competitors. Oh, this person's being unreasonable. I kept thinking to myself, this could be a club owner, right? Like that's what I thought. And then I was like, it became like, I don't know, at the time I was, I think Tetris was, you know, I was competitive with Tetris or something. And I was just like, this is like, this is like a game. Let, let me gamify this. Like what strategies would I need to deploy to turn this pissed off person into a person that's buying more, leaving, leaving a higher conversion rate on reviews than, than, than somebody else, than some anonymous buyer? What could I do? So over the years that went by, I started slowly putting together this formula, and I'm going to share it with you, this formula to turn pissed off customers into customers that spend more and that leave more reviews. And when, when I'm dealing with a pissed off customer, the reason I started seeing it as an opportunity, and I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but what, what I believe happens is that when somebody's pissed off, all they are is just like emotionally raw. <laughs> and if they're emotionally raw and they're not thinking too clear, it's actually easier to turn them from that state into a state of happy. Like they, they want to be happy. They don't want to feel this way. They want to feel heard, acknowledged. They want this resolved in a way that validates them um, validates how they think things should work. Like that's really what's happening. And it's so easy to move somebody from that state into a state of, of positivity. Let's just call it for, for, for lack of a, so, so I'm not getting all like Freudian here, like for, for lack of a better description. So every time I saw a pissed off customer, I never looked at them the same way again. And this went on for years. Now, at some point, I, I think it was maybe, maybe like, Six years later. So, oh, let me let me put this back. So the, the, the actual me sending these wrong items to the customer didn't actually happen 13 years ago, but the the incident that kind of the seed that I kept watering happened 13 years ago. So about six years after that. So now we're talking about maybe nine years ago for me. Nine years ago, I I decided to put this to a test. And ironically, I had exited the brand of cigars, uh, cigar accessories, and I started another one. So we're dealing with a same, same niche, same products, different brand. And I was like, you know, cigar cutters are perfect. Really. They weighed like two and a half ounces. You know, we were still doing a lot of merchant fulfilled on the cutters at that point, you know, nine years ago. And the, you know, so the shipping was like, God, don't quote me on this, but like a two, it was like two bucks. So the shipping on 30 of them, let's say is 60 bucks. I would, my cost on these things were like a buck 20. So like I'm out 60, 70 bucks in this, in this test. That's important too. We weren't talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, but what I wanted to know was that, could I repeat the results that I got from this first one, but this time document it. 
you know, last time I was just getting all these sales. And like I said, it was an incalculable amount of sales. I didn't know. I don't know how many reviews I got stem that I could, that I could trace to that one, um, uh, cigar club owner. But this time I wanted to know, cause I, I was also giving advice to other people. Like they should approach customer service the same way, but I, I really didn't have any data to back it up. So this is what I did. I, I got a, like an Excel spreadsheet or something like a Google sheet. And I, I just wrote down the information. So I got the next 30 orders that came in for cigar cutters. And I wrote down the order IDs, the buyer, the cutter they ordered and the wrong cutter I sent. So I logged all that into a sheet because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want this to run away from me. And I wanted to be able to get people the right cutter. I even went in ahead of time and printed the labels and packaged everybody's correct item so that as these things happen through the day, it wouldn't be an interruption because I'm going to need to send 30 people the correct item again. And again, it's going to cost me an extra, I don't know, under a hundred bucks. So if we were sitting right next to each other, I'd love to see your reaction on this. I'd love for, it would be awesome if podcasts had a feature where I could say, okay, like send me, send me what you think happened right now and let's see who was closest to it. But I have never had anyone get close enough to this and it was, it was pretty shocking. So here are the results of, of what happened. So of the 30 people, five people never complained. So it's like five people who received the wrong item, they never complained. I actually later sent them the correct item after like, I don't know, months of not hearing from them. And I still never heard anything. So they received the wrong item. They received a second cutter. And I never heard anything out of any of those situations. Message them and everything, nothing. So just five people fell off the earth there. Now, which means 25 people did reach out. So 25 of the 30 people reached out to me and they were varying degrees of upset. Um, some left negative reviews. Some, you know, most everyone reached out. By, no, some left negative reviews and didn't say anything else, like didn't leave a message in the buyer's message board. Some did both. And some just reached out on the message board without having already dropped the, you know, the hammer on a negative review. So that's what happened. I deployed the same customer service strategy. I reached out to them and let them know like, hey, no need to send this back. I'm going to personally carry this myself, yada, yada, yada. Like everything I just did on the other one, I did the same thing. And I, this is the results of what happened. So of the 25 people who did reply, upset, I gave everyone their cutters back. So that's a given. But I upsold 13 humidors. So I was also selling additional products in that brand, which were humidors. And the humidors were, you know, they, they varied from like $80 to $200. But I sold 13 of them. And how that happened was just in communication on the buyer-seller message board, um, you know, I would just drop little hints in there, just like basic sales, probably not even good sales, but just like, you know, uh, where do you keep your cigar cutters? Um, does your humidor have a little um, tray in the bottom of your humidor. And the person was like, what do you mean a tray? And I sent them a link of a humidor that I sold that had a tray on the bottom. It was one of our $200 units. And the person's like, oh no, that's so far out of my price range. And I was like, look, I'd be more than happy to put a coupon on this for, I don't know, 10% or a discount on this for 10%. Um, since, since I've caused you such an inconvenience, I just want to make sure that your cigar cutter fits in the drawer if you had one. Um, I'd hate to send this to you and then you realize it doesn't fit. Um, person's like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I'd love to take you up on that. And they did. So I upsold 13 humidors. Because I upsold 13 humidors, I also upsold 52 humidification jars. Now, these are fairly, you know, r relatively cheap products, you know, under, under 10 bucks each. But I sold 52 of them because that's roughly the amount divided by 13 humidors that would really do a great job 
at humidifying or, or helping stabilize the, the humidification levels, the relative humidity, I think is the correct term, inside of the humidor. So I upsold 52 humidification jars, same process, same conversations with them. I mailed out three digital hygrometers in good faith. That cost me 45 bucks. So, so what happened here? In talking with them, again, there were varying degrees of upset. Sometimes saying I would send them, and this was very few. Again, this was three. Three of them were to such a degree of upset, like way beyond what you would imagine, uh, like nightmare situations, and sending them a refund, letting them keep the cutter, and sending them a new one was not enough. And since I was documenting the process, I was like, well, well, what would? And in the conversations, you know, I tried to, you know, I tried to sell the humidor at a discount and they already had a humidor. I have all the humidors I need. I can't fit any more humidors. And, you know, they're God's gift to humidors, like one of those customers. So I was like, what, what type of, of, of hygrometers do you like? And they're like, oh, you know, do you sell any digital hygrometers? Which I did not. At the time, I did not sell digital hygrometers. And they're like 15 bucks a piece, something like that. So I, roughly 45 bucks for three. So I was like, look, the number one hygrometer on the market right now is the Hygroset. That's what it was called. I was like, I, I know, which I actually did. I was like, I know the owner of them, but I'd be more than happy to ship you three of them. Uh, I'm sorry, I'd be more than happy to ship you a digital hygrometer. I, so not three to one person. And for some reason, the three that were just completely livid, they agreed to that. So I spent an extra 45 bucks across three customers to send them those digital hygrometers. I just ordered them from Amazon. I just ordered them from Amazon, got them to my house. Once I received them, um, I sent them with the replacement cutter. So pretty simple. Um, the other thing as I did, uh, that, or the other thing that is of note is after, <laughs> you know, after giving a discount on 13 humidors, upselling, after, you know, all the shipping costs that goes into all of that, what I was left with even after taking a loss on the cutters, sending the replacement cutters, the shipping, the, the, the cigar, the three digital hygrometers, I was still sitting on approximately $1,300 in profit after everything. So I sent 30 customers the wrong cigar cutter and ended up generating, you know, twelve thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 in additional profit, even after everything was said and done. And that's not everything. So like, we got a 76% conversion rate on positive reviews. So of the 25 people who actually reached out and were just pissed off beyond belief, well, again, varying degrees, they were not happy. They did not receive the product they want. We converted 30, we converted 23 of them of the 30 or of the 25 that reached out, which is a 76% conversion. And, and that percentage is skewed, by the way, low, because that's a conversion on all 30. And in reality, it's off of 25. So I, I want to say that somewhere. I don't want to do public math here, but like I want to say that's 80%. So like almost an 80, 80 something percent conversion rate on reviews. That, that's unprecedented to get that sort of conversion rate. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, wow, the new review strategy, strategy of 2024 should be sending the wrong item. Absolutely not. I'm just saying like this is what happened in this scenario. Um, so perhaps when you're dealing with, a, with, a, with a, the situation, uh, where somebody's upset or received the wrong item or there's some issue with the product, look at it as an opportunity to get a positive review. And if I looked at it that way, I put the value of a positive review at $250. Um, yeah, about, about 250 bucks. So one that'll stick, that's legit, 
gets me the conversion juice, all that. I, I, my estimate internally is about $250. So if you added that up, the profits would be significantly higher, be 250 times 23. So my takeaways in all this, and I'm hoping that you're, you're getting the same takeaways here is, you know, first of all, let's, let's be honest. So I pulled this off because it was an FBM play. If this was FB, if this was FBA, this would be totally different. Like you're not going to be able to mix wrong items strategically into that. I mean, I guess you could with a skew and everything, but, but that would be a nightmare. So like, it's not very feasible if it was an FBM. So I did this via FBM. I'm, I'm not sharing this here in the podcast for you to try to replicate this, even though if you could control the situation and you do the things that I'm about to share with you as to why it worked, like the formula that I discovered and that I use right now in all of my businesses, but we're talking about Amazon here is it would work, you know? So uh, I don't recommend doing it if you're doing FBA. Um, I was doing FBM and even though this was a, was a super profitable experiment, um, you know, nearly, I pretty much put $300 out there to bring back $1,200 in profit um, and netted a crazy amount of positive reviews. But the greatest takeaway for me was that the custom, that customer service did not have to be this boring dumpster fire part of your business that you try to hire some $2 an hour freelancer for so you don't have to think about it, but instead could be looked at as a profit source as long as you follow like these five steps that I'm gonna share with you right now. Um, one of them is, and, I, and I've, I, I know that this works because at different in different situations over the years, ever since that first cigar club owner, um, I've fall, I've fallen short in one of these areas. And I was like, wow, why didn't this situation happen the way I did? And then I'd look back and say, well, what was I doing in the other ones that I didn't do now? So in any of these areas that I fell short and didn't do, it changes the whole formula. Like all bets are off. Like you might not see the conversions that I'm talking about. Like it could go sideways on you. So the first one is the first one because it's the first thing that has to happen. And this is the one that if you get wrong, I don't care if you crush the rest of it. It, it doesn't matter. And it's timeliness. So when, from the timeliness from when the problem happens to when you respond to it is, is everything. And I like to say that you want to be instant. That's not possible unless you're sitting in front of your computer when it comes in. But short of that, you know, you're going to ask me like, well, how, well, what, how, how soon could I respond and still have a chance? Look, get as close to instant as possible. Don't say, well, it came in on the weekend or, you know, Amazon doesn't count it until such and such time. Like that, that's not what we're going for here. Remember, you're going for the ability to turn this customer service into a profit source. So timeliness is everything, as close to instant as possible. And then in that first message, and again, this, this applies to any business. We're talking about Amazon, so we're predominantly talking about buyer-seller message board here, but anywhere you're at, social media, LinkedIn, anything you're doing, this applies. Um, you acknowledge the issue. So it's, you know, hey, Fulano, thank you so much for your order. I you know, you, you had a lot of choices on who you could purchase from it. You chose us. Uh, I just received your message and I'm understanding that. And then you, you know, you received a cigar cutter that was a different color and that it ruined an event you have. So timeliness, you acknowledge the issue that they had ordered a product. They did not receive that product. They had ordered a product and it didn't work or they ordered a product and it was broke. It didn't arrive the way they expected. Timely acknowledge. The next one is correct the platform, make sure you're in the correct platform to resolve this. So if this was happening in a public forum somewhere or on social media, or you don't want to be going into a back and forth on a review or anything like that, you want to make sure this is the buyer seller message board on Amazon. You want to make sure if you're on social media and this is happening, that you move this over to your knowledge base or the correct area where you have your 
your action plans and your templates to address these situations. So a public forum is not the correct place. So timely, acknowledge the issue, make sure you're on the correct platform to resolve this. And then you resolve the issue above and beyond. This is number four. Uh, Above and beyond for me is this. And you don't have to do anything more than this. And I don't care what your product is. I don't care if it's a a $3 cigar cutter or a $10,000 TV. I've sold some high ticket items on Amazon and this does not change for me, right? So you resolve the issue above and beyond. For me, that is you responded timely, you acknowledged it, that you're not gonna inconvenience them for a return. Even though Amazon makes returns nice, if you're gonna send me to UPS to go return something or print out a label, man, I am close to leaving you a negative review. And, I, and I'm a Vine reviewer, you know what I mean? I am a legit Amazon Vine reviewer. I, I'm, I'm a, a very kind Amazon reviewer, but you will have pushed me there if you're gonna make me do that. So I timely acknowledge the issue, keep the product, no need to inconvenience you further, and I'm sending you another one at no additional charge. That is, you've refunded them, told them to keep it, and you're sending them another one. I mean, this is above it. This is what I mean by above and beyond. You do all that, and you also follow up. This one is key. So this one can be dicey. Like this one you can do distasteful if you don't watch out for it. So you don't want to just reach out afterwards. And again, if they left a negative review, you want to get that undone. If they didn't leave a review, you want a positive review, but you just don't want to reach out like with like asking for um, asking for stuff. So the excuse I use here is to follow up to make sure that they received the product, that the problem did not repeat itself, that they are very happy with it, and is there anything else that I can help them with? So that opens the conversation to be able to sell them other products, to talk about other opportunities. Um, the other excuse I use, and this actually, once I took it beyond just a you know, a strategy and a business. And I really started investing a lot into customer service um, is initially I would just say, and it was a strategy, it was pure strategy. Then it was, I also want to discover what happened. And when I was the one that picked did the pick and pack and carried it to the post office, I knew what happened. I, I goofed up. But as my team grew, as we had multiple warehouses, as we really started scaling our businesses over the years, there was problems that come up and it wasn't me that picked and packed. It wasn't me at the warehouse. It wasn't me that took it to the carrier. So it wasn't me that printed the label. So identifying the issue became a great SOP. And in doing that, it was also additional information and an excuse, if you will, to have a solid follow-up. So not only am I checking up with you, you know, customer, fulano, to make sure that you receive the correct product and the problem didn't repeat itself and that you're super happy but I'm also letting you know what happened. So it could be, hey, we, we perform a pre-shipment inspection of all the items we ship out of our warehouse. It's Black, pre-Black Friday, Cyber Monday. In the chaos of all that happening, um, you know, our manager jumped in and decided to start packing stuff up so we can, we can meet our, you know, our quota to send stuff to FBA. And we discovered that when he did that, He wasn't able to oversee properly the people we had on the line. We've since rectified that, and we want to thank you so much for uh, helping us strengthen our business. Um, And, you know, at that point, yeah, and can you please revisit, do you mind revisiting your review to leave a review instead that reflects the level of customer service you feel you received once we knew there was a problem? And and that's that's pretty key. So a book I read, I I hope that really helped, but a book I read that I think if if this is a topic that you're like, wow, I want to deploy this in my business and I want to know a lot more. A book that really helped validate things that I was already doing and I just thought nobody would want to hear about um, is is called Hug Your Haters. Uh, I think episode two. So we're 350 and I think 
it's within the first five episodes, but it might have been episode two. Um, I briefly touch on this topic of, of Hug Your Haters. And uh, it, it's a book called Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear. And again, that's the podcast where I do it on. Um, I will leave a link to that episode in the description. Otherwise, you can just, you know, scroll back 350 episodes and you will definitely see it. I really hope this was an actionable episode for you. I hope that you're going to implement this in your business. I would love to hear your thoughts on this on social media, in Telegram. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know if you have any questions or you think you have a unique scenario where this does not apply. I would love to talk about it with you. Make sure to join our free um, Amazon seller group chat on Telegram. Um, we also have an e-com chat. We talk about digital marketing. We talk about omni-channel selling. We talk about all this stuff. So you can, you can find me there um, or anywhere on social media at Wizards of Ecom, but you can join us on Telegram at wizardsofecom.com slash chat. Thank you so much for your time out.